0: Sunday morning, I'm Jaden Jefferson, and welcome to Community Focus. This morning, I'm joined by Prometica CEO Randy Ostra to talk about Prometica's involvement as the title sponsor for the upcoming 2027 U.S. Women's Open.
1: Great to be with you.
0: But can you first give me an idea of what Prometica's involvement in this open will be?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, this um, actually started several years ago in some discussions that we had with the LPGA at the time. And uh, I think it was their um, appreciation of some of the work we were doing in the social determinants of health and this idea that they were very, very interested in not only um, elevating the the game of golf for women, uh, but a lot about elevating women and a lot about looking at those sort of issues in people's lives. So, um, you know, we had a lot of discussions about things we could do not only in Toledo and in Ohio, but things that we could do on a national basis then it just so happened that the team we were talking to at the LPGA moved to the USGA. So it um, kind of precipitated a whole series of discussions about us being a title sponsor. And there's specific reasons for that, which they've never done before and then Prometica becoming the charity of the U.S. Women's Open. So um, we'll be involved with them for the next uh, seven years. Um, the U.S. Women's Open will be um, uh, powered and presented by Prometica. And then we will also be their U.S. charity. And we'll also be doing some work with them at men's opens as well. And then simultaneously, to they've announced a couple of golf tournaments in uh, Toledo at Inverness. So even though a lot of people try to connect the dots between those, they were somewhat separate discussions. But it's a real positive. I think it's positive for um, both Prometica. it's positive for our community, it's a positive for Inverness. And I really think it's positive for kind of just their reflection on how these issues are important um, in people's lives and women's lives.
0: A lot of people have made that connection and, you know, have saw the benefits of the Solheim Cup that happened right here in the glass city. So what do you think could be the benefits of Prometica being involved with the U.S. Women's Open that's also gonna be happening at Inverness Club here in Toledo?
1: Yeah, you know, the Solheim Cup, uh, you know, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times people say it's all about golf. It's not about golf, it's, it really reflects a lot of things. Yes, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking about golf, but in the case of all these, you know, and the Solheim Cup, it was a, a you know, major source of pride for our community. It was a great rallying point for our community. I think when you you couldn't help them but talk to people and say we want to get X Y Z done by the Solheim Cup. It's great from an economic development standpoint in you know jobs and businesses and the economic development creates. I also think reputation matters, and I don't think people always appreciate that. But you know I think you know you talk to a lot of people who from around the country got notes from people saying wow. Doesn't your city and, you know, the community look great? You guys have really quite, you know, put on a, a really great event. And then I think it's just a lot to, um, I think it should be a real source of pride, you know, the way, pro, uh, the way you know, the whole, all of the whole region came out and really from a volunteer spirit to the things that were done, in, not only in Toledo, but the entire region. And so I really think it speaks volumes to, um, you know, how positive it is for a community. and It's really positive on a lot of different fronts.
0: Talked about this earlier in the interview about some of the reasons you believe that Prometica was selected to be the presenting sponsor. So, give me an idea of some of the things Prometica has done over the last year that have really, you know, helped our community.
1: Yeah, you know, this, um, uh, you know, I think um, it was interesting when we started talking more about the Solheim Cup. And we did something called the Drive On Championship, which was one of the first events that, uh, you know, was coming out of COVID that. That women's golf had, I think it was the first event. And it really allowed us to talk a lot about a lot of different things. Talked, you know, we talked a lot about COVID, we talked about coming out of COVID, what that would look like, the impact on people. And then just this ability to talk about health and well-being in a broader sense. You know, yes, we take care of people when they walk into facilities, but I think the realization here is that our health and well-being is much more um, complex than that. It has a lot to do with you know, where you're born, um, you know, the community you're born into, whether or not, you know, you have the ability to navigate life, the social determinants of health that we talk a lot. Those sort of issues have a lot more, you know, emphasis in life. and We've seen that especially in the events of the world and how we look at inequities and those sort of things. And, you know, from the USJ perspective, they wanted to be part of that. And so um, it's allowed us to talk uh, with them, their staff, and there are other sponsors about how we can um, you know create more attention to the issue how we can get more people involved so i think from just from a community standpoint it celebrates kind of our national role in social determinants it celebrates the work that we've done the work that we're working on of course we're you know got a long ways to to go and addressing a lot of needs in our community but I think the other idea here is just, you know, can we take our lessons learned and help others? And I so saw that's really a lot, which we've seen so far. And we're working in a lot of different communities, um, you know, across the United States, partly because that's our footprint when you look at the work that we do can you
0: Talk a little bit about the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact that's had. It's put a lot of healthcare systems, hospital systems, uh, they were strained because of this pandemic. So what was that impact on Prometica in particular?
1: Yeah, you know, this has been a difficult two years for us all. You know, I think when you think about where we were a couple of years ago and hearing about this COVID thing and then what's happened over, you know, two years of our lives. And so, um, you know, it's, for those of us that have been doing this for decades, um, it's clearly the most intense, you know, uh, healthcare event we've ever had in our lives. And um, just because of all the uncertainty that we originally, you know, found with COVID, Immediately, we had issues relative to testing, who had COVID. We had supply chain issues. We were all working from home, but our healthcare workers weren't. And so they were there 24-7. You know, we always say 24-7, 365, they don't go home. And then it's just been the intensity of taking care of very, very sick people for over two years. And, um, you know, I think um, what's happened is, you know, uh, instead of having families there at the bedside, our caregivers were there, and we talk a lot about just the fatigue that you know they face—not you know only physical, but the mental fatigue, the concerns about you know my, am I going to get COVID because of my job? Or I'm, I'm, am I going to ex, you know expose people to COVID? And then being at people's bedside when they're very very sick, and for some, their their last minutes that the caregivers were there because their families weren't allowed to be there. And so I think you, you think about that for a little bit. I think you can think about the intensity that puts on a person and then the fact that it's gone on and on for two years. So, you know, it's kind of ebbed and flowed uh, as far as volumes are concerned. Right now, um, we seem to be headed in a really, really good direction. A few months ago in Prometica, we, we had you know 500 plus patients a day at our highest with COVID. And, you know, the last couple of weeks were, you know, less than 50 and a lot of folks aren't near as sick, although we still see some sick. So I think we've seen a change. And so, you know, but, but the impact on people, we talked a lot about workforce. It of course, financially devastated a lot of, you know, uh, um, healthcare institutions. They weren't able to do a lot of testing. They had to close their, you know, a lot of other uh, things that were more elective in nature. Uh, we have a large senior footprint that was hit very, very hard as well. You know, the long story short is we'll be fine, but it's it's been tough. It's been tough on about every front you could think of. You know, we talk a lot about healthcare heroes, and um, you know, they were a hero a year ago. They're still a hero, and um, you know what they've done for the last couple of years is truly something to be admired. And you know, I hope people just you know stop, you know, think about healthcare workers, say a prayer for them because it's been a tough two years.
0: I hope that's something that people carry with them, even as we're coming out of this pandemic, is that they weren't just heroes when COVID struck. They were heroes all the days, weeks, months, years before then. So coming out of this pandemic, what is your perspective, your outlook, on the ProMedica healthcare system and their work in our area?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, we always say, um, you know, healthcare workers, they work 24-7, 365 days a year, every holiday, every weekend. And uh, especially in hospitals and many times physician offices, take care of everybody who walks through their door. And in some cases, you know, it's, um, you know, a, a, a situation where it's, you know, something you'd expect. And other times, um, our people get thrown into very difficult situations that even deal with their own, you know, personal, you know, safety and security as they're caring for people. And I think that's the thing here. You know, uh, these are truly people who are called, you know, to a mission, have a strong, strong purpose. And I think, you know, um, you know, we do have some healthcare challenges today uh, relative to staffing. Uh, we think that will start to, you know, hopefully get back to some normalcy as we we get moving along. And I think the other thing is that just this realization that healthcare is, is delivered in so many d- different venues. And when we think about our overall health and well-being, yes, you know, when you see a doctor, when you go to a hospital, it's pretty clear. But it's those other things in life, you know, it's these social issues, it's, you know, safe neighborhoods, it's having a life purpose, it's, you know, the effect of diversity, equity, inclusion on people's lives. Those are all the things that really make up total health and well-being. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time, we do a lot of investments in the community relative to economic development, jobs, you know, trying to create the kind of community that creates a vibrant economy. We think that's all connected to health and well-being. And so as we ask, you know, people to think about the future, A, it's just, again, um, thanking our healthcare workers, and B, just this more realization that, you know, healthcare is much more broad and global than maybe one thinks and that um, you know our our system needs to change and it will change but again i think it's going to be on a much broader basis
0: yes and we're definitely seeing those changes across the industry so definitely a good thing to see of course nationally and locally from medica ceo randy ostra thank you so much for your time
1: great good to be with you again